the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. They were not members of the Fourth Reich. They were not dangerous Marxists and fascists, socialists and scum and liars. They could do a sitcom. They are the funniest group of people looking I've ever seen in my life. So when I see little Pete Buttigieg with a Cindy Lou Who face come into town as if he's capable of anything, the unmitigated failure, two-bit little mayor failure, never did anything of any consequence in his life. His whole his whole uh, uh, resume is built up of in the Navy and then running a mediocre, mediocre city. Yet his one qualification is the qualification that's most important. He can espouse Marxist principles and he's a homosexual. That'll get you all the way to the top. There's no question about it. So he blew into Chicago today on Tundra, maybe. And uh, he was doing a roll call of all of the Chicago corrupt cartoon characters from Lori Lightfoot in her vest. I hope he got a number of where he she could get he could get himself one of those little tiny vests. I mean, my aunt used to own Munchkinland, but due to business climates, she closed down. And they used to sell the real petite clothes for children so they could look like adults. I'm assuming he's going to need to find that. And then she went through the, uh, the roll call of Little Dick Durbin, Bobby Rush looks fantastic, and. Tammy Duckworth, she's in town, too, which is shocking. And may I say, Tammy, how about a salad? I mean, I know you're raking it in. You're front-running all of the new infrastructure government spending. God knows what your portfolio looks like, probably only second to Nancy Pelosi herself. But do you really have to, you know, do the Orson Welles thing? Just enjoy the money. Buy yourself a convertible. No need to eat constantly. And they're going over exactly the kind of scam that is the favorite scam of all Mafia government officials, infrastructure, the word shield, the Trojan horse of payoffs and schemes and insider trading and all the rest of it. Now, he got up and he spent, I don't know, it was like an hour and 50 minutes between all the morons up there talking about how great the city is. And I wonder, did they take Pete on a tour of the CTA? I'm, I, I'm curious because I remember watching. Now, this was before the infrastructure talk, so I had to go back three weeks. But I remember when they did a little special on Chicago's CTA system. To safety on the CTA. Tonight, CTA drivers say the violence on Chicago streets is putting their lives in danger. CBS 2's Jermont Terry reports drivers are demanding more protection after shots were fired at a CTA bus. Jermont. Eric and Brad, the violence in Chicago or the spike has really caught everyone's attention. And CTA employees working these streets say they are seeing it firsthand. Now the transit union is demanding action for safety or else. By the way, it goes on to to talk about the $48 million they already spend for protection. And nobody's on the buses. Nobody's on the CTA. I mean, they do have a, a police force. Unfortunately, like most, they are reactionary. And it is a system of government failure. The CTA is a boondoggle. It is a scam, and you do not want to take it, and you certainly don't want your children to take it. It is an absolute failure. But they're talking about how great it's going to be. It's always going to be better than it is. They never want to talk about the reality of their failure. We call them ghettos that the Democrats always seem to rule over. So he didn't want to talk about the specificity of exactly what's in the infrastructure bill, as none of them do. Because they're touting the bipartisan agreement where some notable real inside trading scumbags like Mitt Romney, uh, I would assume Adam Kinzinger, even though he's a kind, I would assume these kind of Republicans support the um, infrastructure where they promise to only spend it on roads and bridges and all the rest of it. But what's coming behind it is going to be a trick. 
reconciliation. That's where they're going to pack on the three point five trillion and they do not need one Republican vote. What's important is what's in it. Buttigieg didn't talk about what was in it. They talk in platitudes. But the last night he felt at home. He was on a San Francisco news channel, CBS's Brian Hackney, and he gave a little better insight as to exactly what the real mission is of the Fourth Reich's infrastructure. I appreciate you joining us, Mr. Secretary. I was reminded, you know, when I was looking through your background, I was reminded of uh, Gerald Ford, who in a matter of months went from being congressman to vice president to president. And he said when he got to the White House, the Marine Band, when they showed up, didn't know whether to play Hail to the Chief or You've Come a Long Way Baby. So congratulations (laughs) on your success. Yeah, but Gerald Ford did that without having to have homosexuality as a resume booster as it is today. Uh, and let me just start by saying with the, uh, the two-track strategy, is it on track? It is, uh, but it's going to take more work to make sure it actually gets to the finish line. Uh, what we have in this two-track strategy, track number one, a bipartisan infrastructure framework for more than a trillion dollars in infrastructure investment. This is fixing roads and bridges, ports and airports, getting lead out of the pipes and lead drinking water uh, and drinking water pipes. We're, we're talking about getting everybody Internet access, things America needs to do. And remarkably, even in this divide. I have to stop him. This Internet access drives me insane why is it that only some people have to pay for it only some people have to take the day off and work around the 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 system uh, that's in place today and we pay for it and it works everywhere yet we're paying for cell phones for free that all have internet service you can't turn those into hotspots but on top of that they have to give up the scams of this nonsense wi-fi And am I the only one that remembers the scumbag daily drunk as he is right now and the stray dog in Michigan with his girlfriend, who might be his wife by now, as he stole the money to his nephew and the other scumbags and they never delivered the Wi-Fi? You remember that? That was 20 years ago when Wi-Fi was new. At least now uh, you, you could argue that every cell phone is a hotspot. We're already paying the government cheese phones. Turn them into hotspots. In Washington, the president has guided Republicans and Democrats in the Senate to agree on the framework. Now, what needs to happen is it needs to be turned into law and gotten to the president's desk for his signature. Then there's part two, the other track, things that we believe are also very important, like making sure we have universal pre-kindergarten education for three and four-year-olds. Universal kindergarten, pre-kindergarten for three and four-year-olds. And I remember reading about this years and years ago when I would study the atrocities in Europe, when I would study the atrocities in Europe. And I remember I was always fascinated how Germany collapsed from the Weimar Republic, from Bismarck to Adolf Hitler, the national leader of the National Socialist Worker Party. Did you know what cast Adolf Hitler and the Nazis into popularity in Germany? You're not going to believe it. It's shocking. 1933, it was called infrastructure. Do you believe that? And do you know what the sales pitch is? That's why we have the, or they have the Autobahn now. That was one of their big achievements, among other notable engineering feats. But among that was youth programs. You remember the Hitler Youth? And they only wanted to take your kid when he was four. Here in America, they're going to improve that. They're going to take the kid when he's three. It is, it is eerily similar to the Third Reich, the Fourth Reich. Making sure that every family can afford child care, free if you're low income, affordable no matter what. Making sure that you get paid family leave, something people in most countries can count on, but not the U.S. Now- paid family leave. Regardless of your job, the government will now pay you to sit on your ass so you could look like Tammy Duckworth in a few short months. That's what the goal is. That's what the goal is. You're, they're bribing the freedom and liberty and the Americanism away from Americans in the lure of the same socialist utopia that fell under Germany and under the Soviet Union and under Cuba and under every other South American totalitarian hellhole. The same one. And the Democrats are nodding like seals and they're celebrating as he does a roll call for people who should be going to prison, also known as the oligarchs of Chicago. 
I appreciate you joining us, Mr. Secretary. I was reminded, you know, when I was looking through your background, I was reminded of uh, Gerald Ford, who in a matter of months went from being congressman to vice president to president, and he said when he got to the White House, the Marine Band, when they showed up, didn't know whether to play Hail to the Chief or You've Come a Long Way Baby. So congratulations <laughs> on your success. Uh, and let me just Thank start you. by saying, with the, uh, the two-track strategy, is it on track? It is, uh, but it's going to take more work to make sure it actually gets to the finish line. Uh, what we have in this two-track strategy, track number one, a bipartisan infrastructure framework for more than a trillion dollars in infrastructure investment. This is fixing roads and bridges, ports and airports, getting lead out of the pipes and lead drinking water uh, and drinking water pipes. We're, we're talking about getting everybody Internet access, things America needs to do. And remarkably, even in this divided Washington, the president has guided Republicans and Democrats in the Senate to agree on the framework. Now, what needs to happen is it needs to be turned into law and gotten to the president's desk for his signature. Then there's part two, the other track, things that we believe are also very important, like making sure we have universal pre-kindergarten education for three and four-year-olds, making sure that every family can afford childcare, free if you're low income, affordable no matter what, making sure that you get paid family leave, something people in most countries can count on, but not the U.S. Now, we think of those as a kind of infrastructure, too. We call it human infrastructure. But it doesn't actually matter whether you agree or what you call it. We think it's good policy. We know a lot of Republicans won't vote for it. So we're pursuing a different track on that. Bipartisan for the transportation work and another track for the families. So he's telling you that you're going to wear this plan. Republicans, you could pretend that we have representation. They are unable to stop this. Now, the interesting part is what he says next. Well, somebody who has himself expressed concern about the level of the nation's debt, uh, you know, in doing the math, a trillion dollars divided by 330 million people comes out to about $3,000 a person for every baby, every child, every teenager, and they're going to be saddled with this debt. So how are we paying for this? So the president's plan is fully paid for. Uh, it turns out that uh, simply by making sure that corporations and the wealthy pay their fair share, economists tell us that if the president's plan were adopted in full, uh, by the time children born today are reaching adulthood, there would be less debt in this country than if we don't pass the president's plan. Uh, we think it's very important that people understand that and that it's well understood that uh, this can be done without raising one penny in taxes from anybody making less than $400,000 a year. That's how much tax evasion is going on in this country, which is why uh, we're proposing that the IRS get the means to enforce on people who aren't paying the taxes they already owe. Now He's claiming that you are cheating the IRS, and that's why they have to hire the 85,000 IRS agents that you're going to pay for, and you don't have a say-so in it. Now, I'm curious to know, do you think the IRS is interested in the tax evasion, as he calls it? Of Democrats? Or do you, like me, believe it is a foot soldier of the tyrant and it has been weaponized against a political party that opposes this kind of socialism and Marxism and communism that would allow a child like this into the upper echelon power structure? What do you think? And how are you, who are you going to call? Your accountant, a lawyer, or one of our advertisers? 312 642 5600 when I get back. Trying to get the show on YouTube. We are not on YouTube. And I was just told by a listener yesterday's show was taken down. Probably has nothing to do with the vaccine conversation I had. Nothing at all. You know, as you see Pete Buttigieg come here and um, sell this BS, half of it is because it's friendly territory. I mean, after all, this is where Illinoisans pay 40% higher property taxes uh, than, than most states around the country. We're the second highest property taxes. This is where students, what, what they spend on kids in, in, in the high schools, you know, the kids, the ones that are carjacking you in a little while and that are, will be shooting and causing chaos throughout the city. Illinois spends, this is as of 2019, it's actually $2,000 more than uh, right now. So they spend $18,022 or $227 a year per student. Florida has a better scholastic achievement. And they spend, let's see, $9,645. What do you think they spend on transportation that is not just inefficient and dangerous, but riddled with voters, Democrat mafia voters? 
You know, I mean, that, that CTA thing is a wonderful little scam. It's great, like all the other municipalities. And how much do they pay for the pensions and for the this and for that? And yet here comes more money. And the states that run efficiently and do not have this corruption problem, just, just buffer the cost. Just pay for it. And it'll be hidden in this infrastructure. In the same way the, the uh, Reichstag hit it when they built the Autobahn. It's the same exact thing. Same exact program. Same exact sales pitch. And it works because the same kind of people are accepting it. That's the, that's the bigger problem you have. In the face of their own failure... What's the answer? They stop running news stories. They stop running news stories like the one that ran three weeks ago. We come here to move this city, not be attacked. The overnight incident where an upset CTA passenger pulled out a gun and fired at a bus brings the transit union president to a boiling point. He made a threat. Told he's going to blow her brains out. That's... That's a, that's a common thing for us. We endure that all day, every day. Keith Hill tells me there's true fear from CTA bus drivers. It's a deeper problem with the violence in Chicago that is spilt onto the transit system. Across CTA trains, buses, and stops, there have been 259 violent crimes throughout May of this year. In the same time frame of 2020, there were 311. But Hill says the numbers are higher. When a person swing on us and get off the bus and run, that's not recorded. Yet today, the CTA union was standing in attendance, clapping. They're not interested in fixing the problem. They're interested in making more money, getting more money in their pocket. They're willing to deal with the problem at a certain rate. You know who's not willing to deal with the problem? Is the Chicago Police Department, and rightfully so. I don't, I don't play this clip as a slam to policemen. If I, was, I, I am related to one, and I told them to retire as soon as possible, and I would tell every single policeman to retire under these conditions. An alarming report revealing the number of Chicago police officers that have retired this year has already surpassed all of the retirements in 2018 and that they are on track to be the highest number in the department's history. In fact, one report claims Chicago gang members now outnumber the city's police officers by 10 to 1. This comes as the crime situation in Chicago grows out of control and there are calls to defund the police. And in this infrastructure... There's no money for them, no money for expansion, none. How could they expand? They're so indebted anyway. They're so behind the eight ball on the spending already that there are cops out there that are owed significant money in overtime pay that they can't get. It's preposterous and it's ridiculous and it's shameful. And yet what happens with the failure? The attention and the money goes to them. Teresa on the north side. Sean, you know, I would love working Americans to take a real look, I mean, a real hard look at their paycheck and taxes, and maybe they'll wake up and realize the harder they work, the more the government takes. That's reality. That's what it is. Indiana pays per student $10,397. Their students test better. They have less violence, less crime in the schools. Florida spends even less than that. And they have more minorities in Florida. There are about 35 states that spend 7000 less per student. Yet Illinois is going to get an increase in what they spend per student. And, and in this infrastructure, there will be pre-daycare, where parents will be able to drop their children off at three years old. It is absolutely and totally ridiculous. Yet, the people who contribute nothing get all of it for free. It, you're watching the implosion. This isn't any more that talk of, oh, we better do something. It's going to get bad. It's terrible, and there's nothing you can do but fund it. Steve, Al, Joe, hang on when we get back. Uh, I'm going to take you. 312-642-5600. I have two lines open. We'll be back after <laughs> You know, this school thing, as they're increasing pre-kindergarten, do you know that since 2007, we are the nation's largest increase in cost per pupil, 70% since 2007? And as I think about this, I'm, I'm thinking about the quality of education the CPS student receives. And I remember it was just two months ago when that boy died who was bullied. You remember that kid, uh, was it uh, Jamari Dent? Jamari Dent 
was bullied in school. He, he uh, couldn't take it anymore, the poor thing. He tried to hang himself, and he lived. And he lived on uh, life support, and his family, you watched the family get interviewed, and then you realized, who bullied him? Who, who could have done this? It was his teacher. It was his teacher at CPS. Nobody even knows if she got fired. That story got dropped. And here we are in Illinois and these sloths, and not all of them, right? I guess you have to say not all of them. Let's just say the ones that vote for the fourth wreck. They uh, just rake it in. We've got the year where nobody went to school, the phony Zoom classes. How many kids didn't even log in? And I, I had predicted at that time when it first happened, I said, this, I have a feeling this is going to be a blessing. It's going to be a blessing. Because for once, parents can see just how incompetent the people who are teaching the kids are. Just how unprepared, how uncaring. Not all. Not all. I'm still I'm comfortable with the 80% rule. Just how, how, how ridiculous it is. And this wasn't in Chicago. It was in Baltimore. But do you think it's different in Chicago than it is Baltimore? They're both run by the same kind of corrupt, loathsome mafia Democrat Marxists. He's stressed, and I am too. Like, I told him I, I probably will start crying. Like, my son is, I don't know what to do for him. This coming June is when Tiffany France thought her son would receive his diploma. And I'm just trying to fight. He like, Mom, what, what was all this for? What did I do this for? Like, don't he get a chance? Do he get a chance? But after four years of high school, this mom just learned her 17-year-old has to start over. He's been moved back to ninth grade. Why would he do three more years in school? He didn't fail. The school failed him. The school fa- That's an interesting position. That was always my position. My position in all of the years my kids went to school was the kid doesn't get the grade. The teacher and the school get the grade. We as parents know what our kids are. They're capable. You just have to figure out how to communicate with them, how to make the subject, whatever it is, interesting, and how to inspire and spark in that child an interest in improving himself. It's the basics, knowledge, and then to teach them how to think, not what to think. But under government schooling, as it was in the Third Reich, it is in the Fourth Reich. It's an indoctrination of browbeating, of nonsense, of, of servitude, of loyalty to the state, of communism. So Mrs. France is exactly correct. Although I'm not giving the student any grace. He missed, I forget how many days. We're going to hear about it. So they taught him how to be a scumbag, is what the public school teachers teach him failed at their job they failed they failed that's the problem here they failed they failed he didn't deserve that france's son attends augusta fell savage institute of visual arts in west baltimore his transcripts show in four years he has passed just three classes earning two and a half credits which places him in ninth grade. But France says she didn't know that until February. She has three children and works three jobs. She thought her oldest son was doing well because even though he failed most of his classes, he was being promoted. His transcripts show he failed Spanish 1 and Algebra 1, but was promoted to Spanish 2 and Algebra 2. He also failed English 2, but was passed on to English 3. I'm just assuming that if you are passing that that you have the proper things, you know, to go to the next grade. And, you know, the right grades, you have the right credits. As we dig deeper into her son's records, we can see in his first three years at Augusta Fells, he failed 22 classes and was late or absent 272 times. This is the system's failure. Now, times this by 10 million and add 20 million, and you're probably real close to how many this happens around the country, specifically in the Democrat ghettos and the hubs, where the cost is the highest. This is exactly what's going on. This is exactly what explains the kind of mayhem you're going to see tonight in the city of Chicago. This is what explains it. This is what happens when you turn your children over to the state. 
And in this infrastructure plan, there is they're incentivizing parents to turn them over earlier than the current system, which is failing at drastic, drastic rates and levels that we cannot even imagine. You want to break this system? I understand. Listen, my cousin sent me a, a clip. A mom went and argued against the masks, and I would, you know, it's great. It's wonderful. That's not working. It's too little, too late. You want to break the system? Take your kid out of the system. End of story. Out of the system. Can't afford private school? Fine. Homeschool them. What are you going to work for? They've got 85,000 IRS agents that are coming to take more than they ever should take because you are guilty of trying to keep your own money, you hard-working son of a gun. How dare you try to keep your own money? Pete Buttigieg with his Cindy Lou Who face and the rest of the Marxists are going to make sure you can't. Rob in Ukrainian Village. Yeah, why do you think uh, Governor Fatbody wants to pass his uh, Fair Schools Act or Education Act or whatever to cancel the ACT and the SAT for Illinois colleges? Because it's because the reality is their enemy. Reality, Rob, is their enemy, which is why they try to control your free speech. They try to control your outrage at the system. It's why when you go to school boards, parents have three minutes to talk, two minutes to talk, five minutes to talk. It's all talking's over. They don't want to hear the truth or the reality. Even when the, the kid that they raise goes out and carjacks their mother, they could care less because the system pays them exorbitantly well. In fact, Rob, for you to retire like a teacher, the kind that bullied the kid into suicide, for you to retire like her, you're going to need about $3.2 million in a high-performing 401k. So wouldn't you avoid the truth if, if you disrupted that, Rob? And what the hell are you doing in the Ukrainian village? We talked yesterday. I'm, I'm anticipating you put your house up for sale tomorrow. Will you listen to me? For God's sakes. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> I appreciate it. 312-642-5600. Greg in LaGrange. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Wonderful. There, there, are so many, there are so many broken parts in that picture in terms of that child, whether it be the family structure at home, whether they, that, that woman sounded, I've heard that interview before, she sounded very pleasant. And she, I, 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 get no, I get no sense out of that interview that she's a, a terrible parent. I mean, it's all surface, don't get me wrong. I, I don't look deep down. Well, here's, the, here's just the simple man. The school failed, the family failed, the, um, the child failed. There's so many moving parts there, but it doesn't matter. The end result is still the same. These children are not equipped to deal with the real world. They need help dealing with the real world. And the who failure, do you think be there to help them? The failure of the mother, and I'm, I'm willing to cast blame on her, but the failure of the mother happened because she was incentivized to fail. In fact, she just got this month over $1,000 for those three kids. She just got it. So what's, why should she not be incentivized to continue living in the way she is, where she's turning her kids over to a system so she can try to improve the life within the parameters of not disqualifying herself from more free cheese. So it is the system ultimately to blame. Granted, she had choices to make, and she could have made better choices. But as you say, she's listening to the media, she's listening to the advisors, and they're telling her everything is splendid, and above all, at the end of the year, her kid passes. Ta-da! What's wrong? So, although Where? culpable, she is innocent and a victim herself. Thank you, Greg. 312-642-5600. I'll take the rest of your calls when I get back. I think it's important people get involved and go to the meetings and try to get on the school board. No question about it. But that's not enough. Not enough. 25% are expected not to return to public school. That's about 50% lower than I'd like it. It's worth it to stay home and raise your kid, especially under a simultaneous attack on your income. You're better off not making it. When this passes, and it will, when the tax laws pass, and they will, this is it. I'm done. It's my only job. Waiting around to do the radio show. So if you think I'm going to work to fund the Fourth Reich, you're crazy. I only wish I could go back in time and take my kids out of the private school I paid exorbitant amounts of money for. Besides, your kid will be better off. Your kid will be better off than being around this kind of nonsense, this kind of indoctrination, this abuse to his soul. That's what public school is. Dawn in Plainfield. 
Hi. Hi, Sean. Thanks for taking the call. I want um, people to, who are listening here to understand that if you have a child in general education setting and they're in somewhat of a good school where there's property taxes that are, you know, being fund to school, your, your experience is probably that throughout the quarter, there's data, there's documentation that is being sent home that correlates with the report card, right? So by the time a report card comes, you already know how your child is doing academically. That's everybody's experience. I can tell you special education, it's the opposite. Dawn, do you no think that's the that experience in CPS? You think that's no, the experience in CPS? Well, look at the data. Okay, you only have 12% of African-Americans in reading. Okay, only 12% in math. You got an IEP if you're in special ed, you only got about 3% of kids. And does the school get more money when the kid gets an IEP? Well, we're supposed to get federal um, exercise. Yeah. Yeah. The answer is yes. I mean, 6,000 more. 6,000 more. New York State pays the most. Do you want to know what their EL, what their reading and math standards are? Not mm-hmm. even 50%. So, you know, I'm not. If, if you want to have. Preschool is important. That's not the argument. The argument is how is, how is a free, appropriate education going now? Are we, are we setting our kids up? for further education and independent living? No. Well, when I come to a conclusion on something, I ultimately think, what if I'm wrong? And I pick it apart constantly, no matter what it is. No matter what it is. If I'm buying something, no matter what it is. Everybody can look at the public school system and see unequivocally we're wrong. We're doing a disservice to children. We are turning them into idiots. Without an understanding of exactly what their role is as a citizen, as a human being, and their quest of life of improving themselves daily. And, if, and, and it explains things like this. To me, when I hear this story, this to me is a school thing. Now to some more news breaking overnight. A former employee stabs the manager of a Taco Bell. Here's the scene. It's, this is the Gold Coast location near Chicago and Rush. It was last night around 1030. We're told the former worker demanded a paycheck. When the manager said he was not able to give him that paycheck, the worker jumped over the counter, stabbed him three times with a box cutter. It's the school's fault. Society, it's not society's fault. It's not strangers' fault. It's the system of education that this imbecile attended. It's how he was raised around other kids that were unlearned, that were morons. This is what happens when morons hang around together. Bad things. It's preposterous. It's ridiculous. Dan on the south side. Yeah, I just want to say um, I'm with you on the fact that I think when kids go back to school, if you can afford it, keep them out of the public schools. Send them to some kind of private school. Uh, I myself, I taught part-time at community college and at a Catholic university. And um, so I got a little bit of experience where I come from. I raised four kids. Uh, in a few years, when I go into retirement, my goal, my plan is to volunteer as much time as I can, or if you can, donate any money to the private school system, some private school for home learning. Because uh, if we can make that cheaper and cheaper, then you'll get more parents to leave the public school system and go to the private school system. How about this, Dan? How about 10 parents get together, they hire you, they give you five grand apiece. It's 50000 for Dan. You get a little storefront, and you teach those 10 kids, and you educate them with real things. You, you don't need this system of these communists that we pretend are teachers at CPS and all across the country with their corrupt unions that have bastardized the system so when they retire, they live like millionaires regardless of what they produced in their career. It is a system of failure. And, Dan, I'm going to tell you what. I sent my kids to the best Catholic schools in the area. It was a mistake. I should have done exactly what I just recommended you do. That's the right system. The system of parents, people of character, passing that on to their kids rather than turning them over to the state. It's preposterous. I'll take the rest of your calls. If you're on the line, I have no guests today. I'll take your calls when I get back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me, so everybody just follow me. 
verifying the story, just came across the wire. No, no bail for the suspect in the deadly Hyde Park carjacking of 73-year-old Keith Cooper, who died, Vietnam veteran. Two kids. They're only releasing the one's name and age, Frank Harris, 18. It appears that one of them has um, two other charges of attempted carjacking on his record. I mean, this is this is a cluster. What a cluster. And what's the penalty? Infrastructure money. Woo! It's going to be splendid. Tim, South Holland. Yes, sir, Sean. Good to talk to you. Thank you. You too, Tim. Thank you. All right. My, uh, my friend taught fifth grade, Southside Public School, pretty prominent school. And uh, then the year principal come in and says, uh, I need the final reports of these 12 fifth graders. And she says, sure, here they are. I got them ready. Uh, is there a reason you want them now? Principal says, they're aging out. She goes, what do you mean they're aging out? Well, they're turning 15. We have to promote them to high school. How's that? Not good. It's not good. And, Tim, I'm going to tell you something. My whole attitude on this was changed. Well, my kids were, um, one was on her way to high school and one was, like, in seventh grade. And I was asked, and I can't for the life of me remember who contacted me. I was calling Dan's show. And I was reached, and this, this wonderful woman asked me to if I wanted to, to participate in judging a contest, an argument, um, at the time on the Constitution. I said, absolutely. No problem. So I went to um, Lockport. I get to Lockport, and it was um, we were going to judge on the um, the voting system in America, and if we should have the um, Republic way of voting system versus of uh, straight democracy. So I go and sit down, and I sign in, and there's other people there, lawyers, and you know all kinds of prominent people. I don't know what the hell they were doing with me there, and I go in the room, and they were kids. And when I say kids, I'm talking like eight to fourteen. And they litigated in the way in which lawyers would do. And they were, you know, in my old neighborhood, some guys would have said, oh, look, he's a little awkward. They were unaware of kind of their, their inadequacies of not being cool and slicking their hair back. But they were brilliant kids. Turned out it was a homeschool event to discuss. And, and this is something that they did constantly. They constantly judged themselves on education, on different aspects they were learning. I went home and I said, boy, I've done exactly the wrong thing with my kids. I turned them over to this Lord of the Flies system where, for the most part, there's one teacher who's waiting for her pension to kick in, right? And, there, and, and even in private school, it happens. Some of them are more connected than others. And the reality is... I haven't done the effort. I just paid the, the tag rather than doing the effort of inspiring learning in these kids. Because the one thing about the homeschooled kids, they're inspired to learn because they're never out of school. Never. Right. And they're not being bullied by other kids who are making fun of them. They're, they're having their character strengthened by the people who love them the most. So by the time they go out and face the world, they're 18. And now they're not going to be bullied. Now they're sure of their standards. They're not going to turn to drugs. They're not interested in the cool kid who, by the way, is a scumbag. They know that because their dignity has been stoked and built up. And it's all wrong. The public school system is all wrong. My mind was made up. Tim, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. You're welcome. It was uh, the electoral college system. And to hear these kids have an understanding of our electoral college system, and why, in fact, it's important to, to recognize we're a republic, not a democracy. They were smarter than 50% of all the congressmen, the sitting congressmen. They're 10 times smarter than Buttigieg, who did nothing in life, except he was the most popular sailor. Uh, Candace, Wisconsin. Sean, I totally agree with you. My um, niece, she went to school in Schaumburg, and then she got accepted to a really high um, you know, East Coast school. But if you ask these kind of kids who went to these schools, you know, in you know, on the North Shore and Schaumburg, how many books have you read your whole life? Like none, like two maybe. You know what I mean? So they all have something in common, which is their parents gave them these stupid notebooks, and they had zero interest in anything that wasn't on that notebook. And know? Candace, if, if and you they're notice, dumb. and listen to me, and listen to me, I'm subbing in these high-end private schools. Yeah. these kids. I'm not joking. They are dumb. Yeah. And it's sad. And it's I not get the kids mad fault. about it. It's the and, system's you know, if fault. If I bring it up to the principal that, hey, uh, this English teacher, she's 
basically told me that she doesn't even read their work anymore. She just looks for cues of, of improvement. It's disgusting. Come on, she's waiting for that time. Out. Click out, go to her, go with her husband down to Key West and pretend it was yep. 1984 again and she was hot. That's all they're willing to do. It's just sick. <laughs> I appreciate it okay, very bye. much. Bye. It is it is a, it is a system of 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 failure, and it's worse than they're not reading books. What they are being told is the wrong information. That's why they're teaching kids sex education in fourth grade, fifth grade. It's Caligula, man. Because what they want the kid to do is lose respect for the parent, to turn that parent into a prude. The first thing they do in public schools is turn the child against the parent. So from that time on, they say, don't worry, you'll be back in school tomorrow. Don't worry, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Your dad doesn't know anything. Your mother doesn't know anything. This is the system we've created, and we continue to fund it. And the more it fails, the more money it gets. And here's a good idea. Let's start sending them to school when they're real young. Tom, St. Charles. Yeah. How about everybody gets together, start a movement, and quit paying the taxes? Because you go to jail, brother. Tom, listen. And that's the problem. You don't think I looked at this eight ways to Tuesday? You go to jail. You got to pay your taxes. Here's what you can do, though, Tom. Nobody can force you to make money. Nobody. Nobody can force you. If you have a business, nobody can force you to open it. Keep the door closed. Keep it open until you pay your lease. Whatever the case is, nobody can force you to produce. And that's why... When this kind of government is in place, if you do produce and you're not making millions and millions and millions, it's a futile effort anyway. Rather than partake in the futile effort, sit on your duff and don't put your kids in government schools. Dave Lansing. Uh, Hey, Sean. uh, I do agree that public schools are deteriorating in quality of education. I remember when I was in uh, college, uh, a couple decades ago, the kids that were like two or three years younger than me, they just seemed dumb to me, <laughs> you know. But um, the, the other, on the other side of the coin is how do we get past these two problems? Number one, most two parents, especially one parent, you know, homes, they don't have the time to educate kids, their kids at home. And number two, they don't have the training. So is there some Listen, that's, of, not, that's not true. Listen, if you go back and look at what what – what an eighth grade test was at the turn of the century, an eighth grade test with the kids who only graduated eighth grade. Look at what they were testing them on versus what high school kids and college kids do not know today. Now, what did they all have two parent schools? Half of the country got killed. Half of the fathers were killed back then. The mothers raised them. So it's not it doesn't need that. It needs parents to have attention to want to be with their kids. You got a society that is taught that the first thing you do is drop your kid off at a daycare center. Are you crazy? Now you're paying for it. So you've got an entire society, an entire group of people. First thing they do when they have a kid is tell the kid to shut up. Then they look for some stranger to raise it. That's the problem. And not only that, how can you explain the greatest generation ever, which are children of the Depression, vast, vast, I want to say, I can't remember what the stat is, but it's, it's, it's a shocking percentage, were raised in orphanages. Take a look at Hershey, Pennsylvania. They were raised in orphanages, but they were taught properly by people who cared, even though they were strangers. So I'm not, you don't have to sell me on that, that we need a two-parent school and everyone's got to go to church on Sunday. Poppycock. You teach the kid morals and rights by people who have them. You don't turn them over to these communists and Marxists and socialists waiting for their pension check who could give a rip about your kid. Sure, he's absent, but he's got to pass. It's a shocking story, this Tiffany France. Only because she said it. We all knew it. You just look at the news. I sent um, I sent Misty this clip during the break. Listen to this. Another stunning crime caught on video. Look at this video. This gunman, okay, he gets on the phone. He pulls the gun out and shoots this man on a city bike. Point blank rage kills him in the middle of the afternoon. This is in New York City. Happened on Wednesday. The suspect, who looks very young, looks like a teenager. This is unbelievable. The kid is 15, looks 15 years old. How could he do that? Because he was never taught to respect humanity, to respect life. And why should he? He grew up in the government cheese system. Who respects that humanity? The problem is the ghetto just keeps feeding on itself. And the people who pretend to help it enrich themselves. They drive around with security. We call them mayor. It's, it's, it, 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 or alderman. Ooh, alderman. 
Yet they can redistrict and they can bring developers in and give TIF agreements and they're all worth millions and every other month one gets indicted. The whole damn system is wrong. Wrong. Dave, Libertyville. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. Uh, 30-somethings can't even read a, a, a clock with arms on it. They took them out of the schools because nobody could <laughs> read on. them. That's Are you digital. kidding me? No, and the machine shop at the high school where I went was, they had a beautiful setup, whole wing of. Oh, now you're talking. You're talking about teaching kids how to not need government and teaching them a trade, Dave. Now you're getting radical. Have you lost your mind? You must be a radical nut. Yeah. No, we're going to teach them. We're going to teach them about social equity. We're going to teach them about <laughs> about equality in society. We're going to teach them phony history. You don't want to teach a kid wood shop or how to be a mechanic or how to be a plumber. You don't want to do that. Why would you? You could pay some moron teacher ridiculous money. And by the way, the, the society will pay 18000 per kid to learn about social injustice. And before you know it, you got Pete Buttigieg up there telling him how we have to sacrifice because what you breathe out is killing the world. You can't write this stuff better. This is the totalitarian despots of history. This is their dream that they were trying to achieve. Imagine if they didn't need Gestapo to kick in doors and do it. If they could have neighbors do it. If they could have media do it. If they could tell you it's normal. If you speak against a policy to be stripped off all venues of communication, imagine if that could have only happened. We'd all be speaking German. Jawohl. It's despicable. Don on the south side. Yeah, uh, you just had a caller talk about homeschooling and saying parents aren't, you know, it'd be hard to be trained to do that. Uh, I have a friend who did that, and you, you basically go through a whole homeschooling network. You get sent everything you need. It's almost like a do-it-yourself project at home. You get the books, the tests, everything. You're basically just proctoring it and helping the kids learn as they go along. So it's not like you need training in all the five different subjects you're teaching. Uh, the books are there. The PDFs are there. The PowerPoints, everything you need. Don, I have, I have a wonderful bl- – I mean, really, my life is phenomenal. As I look back on it, I have one regret and one regret only. I did not homeschool my kids. I would have I would have stopped trading. If I could go back in time, I would have stopped trading to do it. It is the most important thing a parent can do to keep them out of this system where they are influenced by the worst people. You have a system that actually tells kids who are brilliant. Think I don't know. I mean, tells kids who want to learn on their own. Just slow down. It's like union workers. Hey, take it easy. Where are you going so fast? We got all these people down here that don't know how to do anything. We got to help them. And the kids who oh, can I, and the kids who want to, right. they're held back. They're the ones that are held back. What do you think? What kind of society do you think you're going to get? Before you know it, you're going to have an entire generation of people who are willingly socialists. You know. Like the kids who vote for the Pete Buttigiegs, the Lori Lightfoots, and the 80-year-old in a diaper who doesn't know if it's Tuesday or July, that stupid son of a dog we call president. Yeah, one, more thing, one more thing about the homeschooling real quick. Uh, my friend who had done it, uh, when they did it for grammar school, by the time the kids went to high school, the kids could not believe all the downtime and spare time they had in high school because how slow the day went. Uh, when you're doing it at home, you go at your own pace. The kids are done earlier. They're done faster. Your kid could also have a part-time job, which will probably teach him a heck of a lot more about life. Don, we got a caller on the line that I want you to listen to because he's going to give you the usual rah-rah about how, how uncool it is so that your kid doesn't become a drug addict and catch herpes. Hang on. We're going to get to you, Brian, when we get back. i got to go to break. I went long. 312-642-5600. We're going to teach you how to be cool and a loser. Dave hung up. I wasn't going to yell at him. I just wanted to go over the talking point. Of it's not normal to have your kid out of a school society setting. And I, I, I completely, completely disagree with that. Now, granted, I personally had a wonderful life. I used to tell my mother I had a headache. She'd tell me, that's all right, don't go to school. And I would go down in the auto parts store, and it was like living inside of a, of a television show. It was great. I got to see all kinds of people. I got to help people with their auto parts. It was, I learned more in that auto parts store. Um, 
not then I did in school, but just as much, just as important. If you homeschool your kid, there's nothing that says you got to live like you're under COVID. You could take your kid out into the world. Show that kid things. You could cover the, the, the curriculum of what the, the homeschool is in three hours. The rest of the day, he's still in school, only it's you. Take him out in the world, and you teach him how to interact with society. Rather than the scum, the kids who are the bullies and the drug addicts and the ones that are, you know, fooling around. You do that. That's the example you have as a parent. People make fun of me. I don't drink. I used to drink. A lot of people out there know I used to drink. As a parent, I didn't want my kid to see me drunk. I think that's the worst thing a kid could see. I know it is. It's not that I think it is. Everybody knows it is. But if you taught that kid how to work your work ethic into that kid, would he be tempted to do drugs? Would he buy the line that some other child is telling him? How many, how many socialists do you think we'd have if parents didn't have to turn their kids over to a state school teaching them Marxism? We all know that. We're watching it. That's why the big outrage around the country. Parents are going to board meetings. God bless them. They're going to ra- run for school board. Wonderful. Great. How much better off would we have been if, if, if this country would have done that in 1979? After we were conned by our federal government, thinking they were helping us with the Department of Education, which is really miseducation. Joanne in St. Charles. Hi, Joanne. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, First of all, thank you so much for encouraging homeschooling. I homeschooled my kids, and it was the best thing I ever did in my life. Don't regret that you didn't do it because I'm sure you still raised wonderful, wonderful girls. Um, To the point. They should have been named Gotti, but go ahead. To the point that um, that man that hung up, that they are socially inept. People looked at me like I had a third eye when I said my I was homeschooling. He had the most well-rounded education anybody could ever have. He's got a personality plus. Now, wait, we, we talked before, right? I remember us talking. Yes. Let's go ahead. Yes. Right. It, it, was, it was a great, great experience. But I do want to say this because even though people think they're sending their kids to a private school and they won't be indoctrinated, that was the biggest reason I started to homeschool my son. Because we went to a private, very expensive Christian school that was funded by the government. And when you're funded by the government, you have to use the curriculum that they deem fit. I forgot the bill, Joanne, that Pritzker just jammed on everyone's throat. But um, because so many private schools were open during COVID, he um, he actually included them in the next time they're going to shut down or tell you to mask your kid or whatever other nonsense they're coming up with. Um, He approved it. So that now private schools aren't going to, they may not be able to stay open or they may not be able to have their own rules, which is why at this point, you're so much better off. Do I have time to take uh, Craig? Craig, Mount Greenwood. Hey, hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. I'm going to try to put it in a nutshell. Three kids took a percentage of uh, really good Christian uh, private schools, cost me all money, we're working extra and all that stuff. That my son, my son, he basically graduated in the top, of, he was the highest. Uh, grade point average. Um, gra- he was the highest graduate in the highest grade point average class ever to come out of the Coast Guard. Daughter, she went to one be a vet tech. She was top of her class. Uh, honor graduate in her class. My then she wanted to change careers to go to the uh, Chicago Police Department. She was number one academic out of 130 uh, uh, cadets and everything like that. She was number one. My other daughter became a, a, a dental. Uh, uh, what is that called? Dental hygienist. And like top of her class. These kids excel like you can't believe. They got great uh, morals. They appreciate Christian principles. They got great lives. I mean, that they it's a, you're out. Craig, it's the right thing to do, and I'm glad it worked out for you. And you know what? They should they should give that option to people who are stuck in the ghettos that the Democrats build. There's a reason that they fight to not give them school choice. There's a reason that they put them in those little pens where they have no correct, no other option except to turn their child over to this government failure, like the city of Chicago and the rest of it. And that's why 
the fascists, the socialists, and the Marxists come to Chicago on tour when they're going to shove more down your throat. <laughs> Double entendre, not intended. Robert and Schomburg, you're going to have to hang on, because when we come back, it's going to be movies. And then we're going to do a movie, so grab a line. We're going to do movies. I have two good ones and a show that is just getting better week by week. That and more after this. Let's all go to the live. Let's go to the movie. It's time for Friday Features with Sean. And now, on with the show. All right, Robert has been on a while. Hold a while. We're going to get to you. we got Dave. i got my open lines. 312-642-5600. All right, I'm going to highly recommend you watch all the... Aldous Huxley you can possibly watch, both on YouTube and I think he has a movie um, that's called The Brave New World. I can't remember if it's any good or not. I remember it not being, but the premise is phenomenal about how people are willingly going to give away their freedoms and destroy the idea of Americanism. found that to be fascinating. Laundromat, not sure if I mentioned it before. I uh, think it is fantastic. However... The Man Nobody Knew is a documentary that's done from the son of a CIA agent that was involved in so many wrong mistakes this country made. He tried to do it in a nice way, but you can see the destined to fail so many of our foreign policies were in The Man Nobody Knew. I loved it. And I have to tell you, Mr. In-Between, if you have Hulu... It's just phenomenal. It is a phenomenal TV show. I absolutely, absolutely love it. Robert in Schomburg. Yeah, how you doing? Uh, my movie was, I was, uh, I am a fugitive, I am, I am a fugitive from a chain gang, 1932, black and white. I, rem- see I, can't, I can't remember that, but I remember that, that title. Guy, Who's in it? The, the, uh, well, I don't. It, it's it's an actor that was well known, but I know because you know I, I was born in 1950. My mother was born in 31, but it was about a guy who who got convicted on some trumped up, you know, one of these trumped up charges, and he got on, he was sentenced to a chain gang. He busted out. He 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 got himself like a, a a head of a company or something, and his girlfriend turned him in. He went back, and I guess, and broke out again because it's been so many years. I saw this movie years and years ago, and it is good, Robert. It was a true story. I heard it was a true story. I remember that. I'm going to look it up because at the time it was a very, very well-known actor. Robert, excellent pull. He had a couple movies before that that got him. He was real good. How about a documentary? You got one? No, I sure don't, sir. That's all right. That's all right. No need to worry. But is is your smoke shop open? I, I don't know. I think so. I don't even care. No, no I'm talking about, so, I mean, uh, are you still in business? That's all I want to know. I think I got a cousin that can't get a job anywhere else. I'm pretty sure he opens the door. I told him he could have a percentage of everything we make. I'm pretty sure he opens the door, but I don't know. I'll find out next week. Thanks for no, the call, I, Robert. I, I thought, all right, bye. That's how you do marketing, kid. See? Best marketing in the business. You know what? You know why you do it that way? I don't want a Biden voter or a Democrat to wander in there. It's it's one step above a private club, which is what it's going to be pretty soon. Dave and Wheaton. Hey, Sean. I hope you had a good week. Um, um, uh, documentary, Alone in the Wilderness. Uh, Dick Prenicky was a retired diesel mechanic, went up to Alaska. In the oh, 50s. I saw this. Fantastic documentary. Yes. And I just thought masculine. He's a man's man. Yeah. And he goes out there and does it. Um, and then a uh, a movie. Um, well, he couldn't have, he couldn't have became the transportation secretary, so he might as well just go out and live in a bus. But go ahead, <laughs> Chinatown, classic, classic. Yeah, I, I like the classics. I like I like good movies. I don't like to waste two hours of my time. You notice how you don't so, hear anything about Nicholas anymore? No, you don't hear anything about him. He's still out there. I'll tell you what a life that son of a gun had, huh? How about the women? <laughs> But the women, uh-huh. in that guys, he's probably just sitting back smiling, just thinking about it all. It's a life worth living. He's, Dave and Wheaton, thank he you. He said he gets much. lonely. He said he gets lonely quite often. That's the last interview I heard with him. Really? Well, he's in LA. Mm-hmm. It's nothing. It's nothing. Two hundred dollars can't solve. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate <laughs> the call. Mike in Romeoville. Sean. Yes. Ah, 
movie uh, A Perfect Getaway. The original or the remake? Uh, I'm going to say I don't know about a remake. I'm, I came upon it on recommendation, lady, at the movie shop. Um, uh, Mila Jovovich, Timmy Oliphant, uh, Steve Zahn. Oh, that's Don. a remake. A Perfect oh, Getaway, 2009, right? I want to say... so. Oh, no, no, no. This is I'm thinking of the wrong one. Yes, I did see this movie. Excellent. How about the ending? Did you know? Did you know who the bad guy was uh, at the end of the movie? Because you, you, don't, you don't find out until the last five minutes. I don't think there's any way. And how about this? I, I can't really explain this movie very well to anyone, but I'm thinking if, you, if anybody's ever come across the little fun... Uh, optical illusions, you know, on paper or otherwise, yeah. uh, where you see them two different ways. Well, that's this movie. Um, as you know, you see it one way the first time. You can never see it again the same way. You do not uh, know until the last five minutes. Who the big? I, I, that was very entertaining. Good pull, Mike. Excellent, excellent choice. Got a documentary? Um, expedited or uh, expelled Ben Stein. Always good. Very good. That's a very good one. And if you have a chance, That's Mike, take take a look now, even if you saw it, at the smartest guys in the room. Take a look at that. You will. Those guys were just early. If they were operating today, if they were alive today, the Enron guys, they'd be running the economy. It's great. Mike, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. Mark in Lamont, great movie that I watched for hey, the hi. third time last week. Go ahead. How's it going, Sean? Good. How are you, buddy? Real good. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, it's, a, it's a trilogy. Uh, the, I think the author's name is Larson. He died before the third book was completed, but it's the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series. Did you see I any of them? Love it. Love it. Great. How come that girl did not play the, herself in the remakes? They, she did the first one with Daniel Craig and then disappeared. Well, I, I just saw the, the Swedish versions, and she did all three of those. Oh, okay. The one who did the English version is not that same girl. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't. Mark, didn't just take a look at the that. take a look at the English one. It is yeah. shockingly good. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very right. much. How about a documentary? Do uh, don't have one. All right. Fair enough. Once again, I'll. All right. Have a good weekend. You too, brother. Thank you. All right, Eduardo in Midway with a classic. Eduardo, what's going on, kid? Yeah, how you doing? Uh, so I have raw deal because the, one of the famous lines on there is uh, resign or be prosecuted. That's one of the uh, famous lines on there. It's a raw Chicago deal, movie. Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. Chicago movie. He's driving a 1984 right. white convertible Riviera right. that I held three jobs with. I could not afford the convertible. I bought a hard top. What a car. Eduardo, what a car. You know, this is before I met the wife. Had a lot of women in that car. A lot of women in that car. Those are good memories. Thank you, Eduardo. It's all different now. Uh, Frank at Melrose Park. Yes. Sean, that movie you were talking about, A Future from Chain Gang, is 1932 Paul Muni. That's it. That's it. I couldn't look it up. Okay. I couldn't have time to look it up. Good call. I looked, I looked it up for you because it was just on last week, believe it or not. Okay, my favorite all-time movie? Yeah. The Young Philadelphians, Paul Newman, Barbara Rush. Great movie. Guy oh. came up like Sean. Came up the hard way. Yeah. Hung around with some good people and rose to the top on his own. I'm a huge Except Paul Newman fan. I'm a huge Paul Newman this fan. This is my favorite. Check out that movie, 1959. Okay, Absolutely. the young Philadelphians, you'll love it. I got a cousin, Frank, a cousin. He has a son. I kid you not, when this kid was born, he looked like Paul Newman. To this day, he's 33, still looks like Paul Newman. I've always been a Paul Newman fan. Frank, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Okay, have a good day. You too. All right, Lee, Joe, Greg, Phil, I'm going to take all of you. I do have to pay the bills. We'll be back after this. Fastest two hours in radio. It really is. It's insane. All right. We don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to go to these in order. Lee and Hammond. Hey, Sean. Uh, yeah, I remember back in the 70s, you know, before it became uh, illegal, of course, to government. Uh, yeah. Burt Lancaster had a, had a 
had a, a knack for making some real avant-garde movies. One of them was called Executive Action, about the Kennedy assassination. And another one was Twilight's Last Gleaning, where a rogue military officer wanted to come clean with the American people for the real reason for the Vietnam War. Did you ever and, see the uh, one where he's with Susan Sarandon, and he's an old gangster in Atlantic City? Oh, I remember that. Yeah, that was a that was a great that was a, that was just when Atlantic City just switched to casinos. Yeah, that was that's a great, before Susan uh, Sarandon movie. became a communist. Yep, I can't remember the name. I'm going to have somebody look it up. Lee, thank you very much. I I appreciate the call, Lee. You know that. Greg, Elo, Michigan. Hey, this me. Hey, you know, I was going to say the man who shot Liberty Valance, which is very good, but then that trilogy of Fort Apache, uh, She Wore a Yellow Ribbon, and Rio Grande came to mind. And those were all real good, too. Liberty Valance, Greg. Jimmy Stewart. Yes. John Wayne. Lee Marvin. Right. Among you and Marino so Harrell. many others. You've got I mean I mean the, the you got that John Carradine, what an actor he was, and he didn't get the accolades oh, yeah. he should have got. I mean that is an incredible movie. Who's the other guy you got? Edmund uh Edmund O'Brien. I mean what a great movie. I think I don't think you can top that. The man who shot Liberty Valance. Thank you very much. Great call. I'm gonna watch that maybe tonight. Phil Downers Grove. Hi, Sean. Uh, my movie is the 1959 version of Ben-Hur with Charlton Heston. Mm-hmm. Story of friendship, betrayal, and forgiveness. Wonderful movie. Wonderful. Absolutely fantastic movie. And uh, you and I watch it for an entirely different reason than Pete Buttigieg. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Jeff, in his car. <laughs> hey, Sean, I'll make it quick. Two good ones. Prince of New York City. Do you remember that one? with Treat Classic. Williams? The best. Are you kidding Hi. me? Yes, sir. And how about Bound with Jennifer Tilly, Gina Gershin, and who's that Italian character actor, uh, Joey Pelotano, right? Pelotano. Yeah, uh, I do know who you're talking about. He actually had a cigar. He came out and made his own cigar. He was great. Thank you for the call. And that's when Gina Gershon was lovely. So was Tilly. Those were the days, my friend. Then again, Pete Buttigieg would have not been transportation secretary. I had a great time. You have a great weekend. Democrat free. See you on Monday.